1: We have an interesting episode as we get to hear a story from other sports science podcast hosts. So in this episode we have two PhD students from Stanford University, Melissa Boswell and Hannah O'Day. In their podcast called Biomechanics of Our Minds, they talk to researchers around the world about the exciting field of biomechanics. We get to hear how their podcast got started, what kind of challenges they have faced, what do they like most in podcasting, and what would be their advice to researchers who are considering starting a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Melissa Boswell and Hannah O'Day. Welcome, Melissa and Hannah.
2: Hi, Ali. Thanks for having us. We're super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, great to have you. So, so you have a have also a podcast called Boom Biomechanics on Our Minds. Could you tell more about your podcast?
2: Yeah, of course. We're happy to talk about biomechanics on our minds, um, which we uh, refer to as Boom. Um, and so, on Boom, we we talk to researchers all around the world about biomechanics and. Mm-hmm. We talk about their research, and uh, but we also talk about overcoming failures and collaborations and open science and a lot of other topics that might be interest uh, to the scientific community or just the general population. Um, so we try to cover a span of different, of different topics.
1: Yeah, that's good. And I, I was looking through your your episodes, and you have bonus bonus episodes. You have student voices. You have actual episodes. So, could you tell more about these formats? What what are they, and how long they are, and and so on?
3: The different formats were really an innovation as we were going along. We started with sort of our base episode, which includes different segments where we talk about Um, failure we talk about um, little bits of boom we like to call them at the beginning of the episode where we have different updates from research groups and talk about different research findings and then sort of the main meat of the episode is our interview with our biomechanics expert or or someone interesting uh, related to the field and then uh, so that's sort of our main episodes and then as you mentioned we have these other bonus episodes that we release um at other times, that might be shorter or highlight different initiatives, like uh, we highlighted Paul Davita's National Biomechanics Day um, in one of those bonus episodes. And then we have the Student Voices segment, which is really exciting and gets students involved in interviewing other students or researchers or uh, people in the field. And has been really awesome to to see the community involved. And so the student voices and sort of those. Basic episodes that I, our our main episodes that I mentioned earlier, those are released every month, and then um, the bonus episodes are exactly what they are—bonus. They're released um, at, at various times.
1: Yeah, and you said that you came along when you started podcasting. How did you? How did you end up doing, for example, the student voices? Where did the idea for these these come from?
2: Yeah, we started talking with. Lisa McFadden from Sanford Health, and she is really excited about the podcast and wanted to think of a way that we could get other students involved. And so this kind of came about through a brainstorm with her and thinking like we should just let other students um, take over the podcast and be able to really shine a spotlight on other students and the interests of other students working know, in in around the world on different research or starting other initiatives. And so, you know, Hannah and I spend a lot of time working on the main uh, episodes. And so for us, it's also great to be able to showcase uh, additional initiatives where, you know, other people can do that and, and sort of uh, take on, take on those episodes themselves. And it's been really fun.
1: Yeah, sounds sounds like a good idea. I've been also planning some some other formats and and let's see when when I get them out. So so why did you start the podcast in in the very beginning?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So we started the podcast as an initiative through the International Society of Biomechanics. So at the time I was the student representative and thinking of ways to sort of bring the international community together more and improve accessibility to the amazing research that's going on in biomechanics around the world um so i was just getting into podcasts at that time and i thought maybe that could be a great route to do that and so i remember sitting in lab and thinking uh, that idea coming to mind and then I saw Hannah and I was like, okay, this is Hannah's the perfect person to ask to join because I knew she was really passionate about science communication and a really creative and fun person to be around. And she was basically just like, yeah, let's do it. That sounds great. Um, but maybe Hannah can give some more insight as to why she said yes.
3: <laughs> I love talking about this moment because I truly can like picture the day like it was yesterday just sitting Melissa and I sit pretty close to each other maybe like what, like 6 feet apart which yeah we could probably still be sitting next to each other in these times um because we'd be socially distanced but um mm-hmm. Melissa just walked over to my desk and asked me yeah if I would ever be interested in starting a podcast and I had I am not a podcast listener or I wasn't a podcast listener at the time And, um, but I was really, really excited to work on this amazing project and I am passionate about science communication and I thought, wow, what better way than to do this with a really fun person like Melissa, really knowledgeable about the field and, um, and just someone who I think, you know, we might talk about this a little bit later on, but like who just shares the same sort of energy and like passion for idea generation and what Melissa has that I think sometimes I lack is just that she takes the initiative and she just goes with it and gets right down to actionable steps. And so that was really exciting to me because sometimes I, you know, get too stuck in like thinking space or something and, and don't actually ever get to doing anything. So this whole, whole thing, I'm so excited that I said yes. And it's been so awesome to do boom. And, um, yeah and just be able to to grow with boom and with melissa
1: hmm. so so for you it was quite an easy decision just just say yes and start start doing it uh there's probably some people who are who are considering doing podcasting would like to do but maybe they have have some doubts what would you what would you like to say to those people what advice what kind of encouragement you would like to give those people
2: wow that's a good question and i think yeah since hannah and i are i think come from a little bit different perspectives on this just in terms of our you know personalities or i guess so kind of what she was saying my advice would be more like you know just go for it and just one thing Hannah and I are really passionate about, too, is prototyping and just testing. And I remember the first couple episodes, Hannah and I just sitting um, in her in her dorm or her residence hall and, and just trying it. And I think it's been amazing to see how it grows over time. Um, I think the thing that's been the most important, though, is just talking to people and learning how to ask good questions and be a good listener. And I think once you develop that skill, that's probably... The, the hardest part and then yeah and then just having the confidence and the uh you know the leap to just put it out there for people and know that you know the feedback could be either way but just knowing that you're you're trying and going for it and um being open to growing and developing it as you go along
1: yeah I, I think it's I have the same experience it's nice to see that it starts from pretty much nothing. It starts to grow and, and many things, things happen. And I, I think it's a, it's a long game. You, you just start from somewhere and then it starts to evolve. Do you have any any funny stories from the beginning? There's quite a bit of tech technology when you start. On, not that much, but let's say that many things that can go wrong. Do you have any funny stories from, from, from the beginning?
3: <laughs> um well I feel like everyone must be like igno- like you know experiencing the funny technological difficulties that can sometimes be actually quite disruptive to productivity but one so I feel like they're funny after when you like know everything's okay or you fixed it but like when they're happening it's kind of frustrating and crazy and so I feel like one story that sort of epitomizes that is we were using uh, the platform that we're currently using, Zencaster, which is an amazing platform for podcast recording and just really nice um, when you can't be in the same room together. But there's a there's a catch that you can't close your browser window during recording or even after when you're downloading the the audio tracks and (laughs) we had just finished an amazing interview with someone we're so excited and then um we you know said our goodbyes said our thank yous and they signed off and then we realized we were downloading and something went wrong with the download and we were like oh no did they close their browser window and we had somehow found their phone number and called them on their like office phone and they were like oh no i didn't close it but uh something they they something went wrong and they were ma- managed to open the window i don't know i i forget exact all the specifics but um basically melissa and i were so panicked and like kind of screaming at, inside uh while this was happening um melissa that's that's the one that comes to mind how about do you have any other thoughts from our early days
2: no, I'd say that's definitely the one that comes to mind for me as well, just uh, just because of the panic, because I think our biggest fear is asking someone who is extremely busy and, you know, is is sacrificing their time to talk with us. And it's really valuable time. And then to have that B- wasted by losing the audio is just the scariest thing to me. um but like luckily, that turned out okay and and H- Hannah and I, I think have had you know a number of of blips and in, in terms of technology and um just getting started and learning things. I think too. it's funny to look back on on past episodes and Sometimes we feel a little cringy about, you know, the audio or, you know, the the personalities we had at first were not our own and maybe a bit stale. And so it's just been, you know, I think we've learned to really roll with it. And the uh, being able to look back and see how things have improved has been uh, really motivating to continue, I think.
0: For most sedentary behavior and physical activity researchers... Collecting the research data is one of the most frustrating steps of a project, especially as inefficient data collection steals too much of your precious time, causes unnecessary stress and hassle, and can easily derail progress of your project. This is why we devised a revolutionary new way to collect data, introducing Fibian Sense Motion, the beginning of a new era. Fibian SenseMotion is a cutting-edge, next-generation system that allows you to easily and remotely collect, store, and manage data. Our solution features a tiny, waterproof device that captures the sedentary behavior and physical activity data, a mobile app for automatic uploading of the data from the device, and a cloud service for managing the data. Even better, all collected data is GDPR compliant and you have access to automatically analyzed variables of activity types and raw three-axis accelerometer data. Don't compromise on the quality of your research or the project timeframes. Discover the convenience and power behind our solution at sense.fibian.com. That is s-e-n-s.fibian.com. Phibian created by researchers for researchers.
1: Yeah, nice to hear about your experiences. I had I had exactly the same with Zencaster. It's a great platform, but I think for me it was the I had in the beginning, like I had my friends as a guest, and then I had basically my actual real guest, like a professor, and. I think he closed. He was busy, so right after we click stop, we said bye, and he closed the computer. And I was also that I maybe lost the data, (laughs) and I was. But it's it was still in his his memory. You just need to open the browser again, and it was, it was recovered. But I can I can fully relate to your experiences.
2: (laughs) Definitely, it's just the worst feeling. But I'm glad that he still had it. And and sometimes I should have looked up how to fix that beforehand, because when you're also troubleshooting and and panicked at the same time, things can just get pretty hectic.
1: Yeah, I agree. And so you have been doing this couple of years podcasting. What what are the main points that you have learned?
3: This is a really great question. And um, we actually ended up sharing a bit of our learnings in an abstract to the American Society of Biomechanics 2020 Congress that was virtual this past summer. And it was really exciting because it helped us to reflect on what we learned through the podcast and just sort of take a step back from, you know, being in the space and, and see how far we really had come. We're talking about all of these different sort of blunders we had at the beginning, but really being able to reflect and see the growth that we'd made was, was I think, a huge learning for us as well. Um, So some of those learnings that we articulated included making content free and accessible to everyone, uh, raising other students and initiatives, having open and empathetic conversations. Melissa mentioned this earlier, but just being curious. That's sort of the first thing you need for interviewing and podcasting and reaching out to people is just being curious about them and what they do. But yeah, our next learning was just just really reach out and, and talk to people, even if it's a cold email and, or you know since nobody cold calls anymore, um, it's a really important step. Otherwise, you're just not gonna get there. Um, and the last thing, the last learning I think that <laughs> Melissa and I um, managed to, to maintain at least I think throughout since episode one is just be yourself it was a little shaky at the beginning to just get used to hearing your own voice um, and and cringing a little bit. But I think the podcast platform is really a creative outlet where you get, you can be yourself and you can bring what you want to the episode and and to the interviews. And so that makes every podcast different. And I think that's what makes people like listening to them and getting to connect with different characters and different, um, you know, sort of art types in the podcast realm. So those were just some of our learnings. Melissa, do you have anything to add?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's taught us a lot about ourselves and definitely forced us to be better communicators and more comfortable just blindly reaching out to people. Um, I think it's also taught us how important play and creativity are in our lives, um, as well as having someone that you can trust and rely on. And I feel like Hannah has been the friend that everyone needs to get through a PhD and also just life in general. And so we often reflect on how some of our best times in grad school have been just sitting in the sound booth after recording an episode where we're bouncing uh, ideas off of each other and just being ridiculous or having more serious life chats. Um, And I think another thing too is that it's made me, Realize what an amazing biomechanics community we have and scientific community. And between this, is between the support that we have been given in terms of the podcast has just been amazing and very positive and supportive. And then also through our interviews, just the people that we've been able to interview have just been truly amazing and really. Have made me realize that that researchers really do want to help people and their focus on that has been has been really great. Um, and yeah, so we're grateful for that and and for our listeners and getting feedback and being able to uh, use all of that to to keep going and sort of uh, provide for the the biomechanics community and be able to share the biomechan- the research of the of the community as well.
1: Mm, yeah, nice to hear about your good experience. And I, I agree, researchers are really, really helpful. And it's it's nice that they they help you with the podcast by giving their time. And what what do you see as the best parts of podcasting? You already mentioned some of the things, but maybe a separate question also.
2: Sure, I can start this one. So to me, the best part is being able to talk to people all over the world and just allowing those conversations to be accessible internationally. So being able to hear and spread new ideas has just felt really meaningful to me. And it's also just been so fun to meet people at conferences or virtually who have listened to the podcast and felt that it has had some positive impact on them in some way. Um, That's been really amazing to hear. As well, um, and yeah, what I see as some of the best parts. What what about you, Hannah? What are would have been the best parts of podcasting?
3: Well, I actually think one of the best parts, Melissa, you mentioned in in the answer to the last question about our learnings, which is learning about ourselves and, and getting to build this with you. Um, I, I would say that's been like a personal sort of favorite, um, but I think Aww. a little bit more. it's true i mean yeah i i really think that we found so much joy in one another and in like bringing ourselves and bringing out the best in ourselves i think on the podcast and it's like i can just say at least for a day when research just feels like things aren't going your way or you're feeling unmotivated that going into the sound booth and working on this podcast and then getting the chance to reach broadly, Melissa, as you're saying, this whole community of scientists and researchers or people that are just trying to get their feet wet and understand what biomechanics is, you know, that has been so powerful and impactful. So I think you've hit the best, the best points. Um, And I think it's the, I will say the um, mobility of the, the platform is also really nice. Like that, People can listen just when they're a lot of our listeners say they just listen on the way to work or they listen while they're doing experiments or, um, you know, while they're riding the train or or all these different things. And it's just so fun to imagine, like, all the spaces in which boom is being, you know, propagated. So I think those have been the best parts for me.
2: Yeah. And even uh, some professors have used it as a tool in the classroom in having students listen to episodes and talk about what they've learned from it. And that's been really, yeah, that's been really cool too as another way that the the podcast is being used as well.
3: Mm,
1: yeah, nice, nice to hear. I, I agree with you that it's it's interesting. You can talk with people all around the world and you also see that people from all around the world are listening. You get the stats that you see. How many people listened from different countries and, and it's interesting to think that people might be commuting in Brazil or wherever and listening to your podcast, which is, which is quite amazing technology and. And there's, there's a lot of good parts and I, I hear you, you really find it meaningful, but what, what are the downsides of podcasting for you?
2: Yeah, it's definitely good to, to reflect on those as well. So for me, the only thing that I can think of is sometimes it can be difficult to manage the podcast with our PhD work, um, but mostly because we love it as we're probably, uh, as you can probably gather, um, and want to be doing more with it and doing more for the community through it. And I find it very hard sometimes to prioritize my other work, which is necessary if I want to graduate eventually. <laughs> um, what about you, Hannah?
3: I think that's a very, that's probably the number one downside. Um, and I I love the audio. One other like sort of t- maybe technical thing is I love the audio format, but sometimes it can be hard. We even just now had sort of a um, time where there's a delay and like we all are talking at once but don't mean to be or don't know it. So I do wish like if there was some way to like have live recordings, there were, we did a couple live recordings with the podcast, which was really exciting. And I think just being able to see the other person um, is huge. So the only downsides are that a lot of times we don't get to see the other person that we're interviewing um, and that can be hard just for a lot of different reasons, but we've started to do some some Zoom interviews so that we can actually have some video feedback while we're talking to someone, um, which is, is just really nice. But I think Melissa and I's ultimate wish would be to be able to do all these interviews in person and get to meet these people and researchers and, and see the labs they're working in and the spaces they're working in.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with those. Sometimes it's difficult when you don't see. And I've been also thinking whether I should add the video it, it makes it a little bit more complex you need to pay attention to watch the camera sometimes and and maybe there's more things to go wrong in technology side but yeah I'm, I'm thinking the same that it would be nice actually to see the people and and if we move to the next question how, how do you see the role of podcast in science communications at the moment and and in the future
2: yeah I think it can have many different roles. Obviously, disseminating information is the big one, but I think it can be done in a lot of different ways. Um, Like, I guess for different audiences, like technical information for a technical audience or taking technical or scientific findings and communicating them to a more general audience or, you know taking general information and tailoring it to a scientific audience, which is something that Hannah and I are excited about. Um, So we try to do that with episodes that support like diversity in science or career advice or support like mental health and mentorship uh, or one of our favorite topics, which is overcoming failure. Um, We're also really uh, passionate about design thinking and some of these other skills that we can help bring into um, a community that might not uh, necessarily hear about it all the time.
3: (laughs) I I was only going to add that it's been, we've talked about the community that um, around the podcast and around biomechanics, that's been really amazing. Um, And I think as Melissa was talking about sort of design thinking workshops, it also doing the podcast and, and sharing these learnings has taught us a lot about how we communicate as scientists and how that differs for lay audiences or, or different audiences. So being able to sort of teach that and give that back to the community is something that we see as, you know, an a, a por- important role for our podcast.
1: Mm. And and how do you see in general the future of of podcasting and of audio format and And where do you see see podcasting evolving from from this kind of, it's still in the beginning. So what's your prediction of future?
3: (laughs) This is a great question. And it it sort of parallels the question that we always end our episodes with um, by asking our guests what they're most excited about for the future of biomechanics. So we love sort of future thinking and big ideas. um, And I think... Um, it will really be a um, it will continue to be a useful and powerful way to deliver content to people, uh, whether that's, you know, general audiences or lay audiences or, um, you know, experts in the field. I think it's been we've seen it reach that spectrum and we're excited to continue putting content out for for all of that audience. Um, And Melissa mentioned the different events that we're we've hosted, like the design thinking workshop, but we also have hosted a live podcast recording. And um we're just really excited thinking about these other avenues of taking going beyond the podcast. I think the podcast has been an amazing foundation and launch pad with which we'd like to start prototyping some of our you know bigger, crazier ideas um and really building on this community our communication skills um and and really changing the culture i think that's something i'm super excited about is being able to um influence the scientific culture whether that's young scientists people who have been in the field forever uh just getting to reach them and and share these new ideas start start different discussions and kind of just uh, you know, one thing would be encouraging failure um, and making it less taboo to talk about it. So I'm excited about those things in the future. Um, How about you, Melissa?
2: Yeah, I totally resonate with all of that. Um, And I think in terms of biomechanics on our minds, it's hard to know what the future will look like. But we're both passionate about continuing it and um, spreading knowledge. And uh, and so that might be through producing more content or different types of content. But we're also hoping to really start incorporating more of an international perspective for the international audience that we have. Um, as Hannah mentioned, we've hosted different types of events. And I think just the fact that we're both passionate about similar uh areas and and gaining skills uh like like design thinking and creativity and and uh it just helps us think differently and um help others to do the same um i think with design thinking which is basically just this, uh, this different way of thinking to help us empathize with people and better identify problems worth solving and tapping into our creativity to do that, um, that idea in itself can manifest in a lot of different ways. So we're just kind of excited to, um, yeah, to just keep, keep growing. And we've taken suggestions from listeners too, on what they would like to see. And so I'm sure we'll continue to do that. And we've gotten a lot of, of great suggestions. So, um, we feel like it's going to continue, and we're excited about it, but how exactly that will unfold and look is still um, s- still uncertain.
1: Mm. And, and Hannah was m- mentioning that your bigger and crazier ideas, if they are not secret, would you like to share more about your bigger and crazier ideas?
2: Yeah, I think... Um, we, Hannah kind of mentioned that we would love to see researchers that we're talking to, um, whether that be students or, you know, there's uh, or scientists um, in the field or in academia and, and just all over the world. Um, we want to get this international perspective. And so we would love to to be able to do that you know, physically and travel a bit more and, and have some more in-person workshops and interviews and through that maybe develop some more content. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of a vague idea at this point of, of how we would go about doing that. But we're definitely hoping to figure that out in in some way or another. Um, yeah. Is there is there anything
3: else you want to add, Hannah? I think I just I wasn't even referring to any crazy idea in particular. I think Melissa and I will just sometimes go through these amazing exchanges where we just are yes anding each other. That's where you respond to someone with yes and, and then sort of build on their idea, um, which is one, one thing we've really liked from design thinking and tried to propagate as well. Um, but I would say yeah, I I think we don't haven't exactly shaped out what the future is going to look like because we have all of these amazing ideas that we're trying to sort of shave down and and figure out what the next actionable steps are uh for them. So so yeah, that's that's all I would say.
0: Yeah,
1: and and you mentioned that you were testing live episodes. What what were your experiences? What did you like? What were the pros and what were the cons compared to pre-recorded and edited episodes.
2: I thought it was a really great experience uh, because I loved that we could see the audience. So we did it over Zoom so we could see the person we were interviewing and we could see the people who had joined the live recording. And it was exciting that they, the people watching and listening had their own questions. And heard different things than what Hannah and I heard. And I think sometimes this is also just a pro of having two hosts is that we're hearing and interpreting things a little bit differently and then can ask a question from a perspective that the other person wouldn't have. And I think when we have a live recording, that amplifies that. And it was really fun to hear what questions the audience had and what was important to them. Um, And I think it also just kind of raised the energy a little bit uh having you know seeing seeing so many faces um and one thing hannah and i always do is uh do like a one two three biomechanics off our minds or we're trying to like say something at the same time which is like increasingly difficult with the technology now but we tried to do that with everyone in the live episode and it just brought a really fun energy what was your favorite part about it hannah
3: I think you, I mean, I think you nailed the, describing the experience on the head, Melissa. Um, I thought as, as a co-host, it was exciting to get to see um, how people not only ask questions or maybe their perspective on what was being said in the interview, but also seeing how maybe they were responding just like their different expressions or, or body language to our, our questions or our hosting or um things that we were observing. So it was it was really fun. I was imagining like it must be so fun to be a talk show host or something and have (laughs) your live audience, you know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's like some real time feedback.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah. So some people find it fun and some probably terrifying. It's good that you you found it fun to be be live.
2: (laughs) I think all of those. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So it sounds really interesting and probably many people listening this one is interested to listen to your podcast. So how people can find your podcast?
2: Yeah, well, I that would be great if people listening want to find it. That's exciting. Uh but so it's called Biomechanics on Our Minds and it's available on SoundCloud, Spotify and iTunes if you just search Biomechanics on Our Minds. And we're also on Twitter at Biomechanics OOM. Um, so that is, those are the main streams for, for learning more and listening. We also um, have, uh, also like love when people want to s- participate in student voices, as we mentioned. So if anyone's listening and wants to host their own episode, you can also email us at minds at gmail.com.
3: Yeah, Ollie, your question earlier about how should, how do people get into podcasting if they don't really know they want to? And we talked about prototyping. Uh, I'll just make a small plug for hosting a Student Voices episode is a great way to prototype what it's like to be a podcaster. So we are really excited to hear those episodes and help people with them if they they want help too. So uh, please, please reach out to us at the places Melissa mentioned.
1: Yeah, that's actually a great idea that people can come to test and prototype for one episode and try how is it hosting a podcast. So be in contact with Melissa and Hannah if you're interested in trying. So what, what would be your final remarks for this episode?
2: Yeah, that, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think we've covered so much. I think to me, I'm just very grateful for the opportunity to host a podcast. And I'm grateful f- to you, Ollie, for having Hannah and I on and and uh, sort of getting the word out there about our podcast. And it's just it's really an honor to be able to talk to so many people around the world, um, not just about biomechanics, but about life and um, really see the support of of people all over and kind of coming together um to with a with a big goal I would say in biomechanics is really everyone we talk to is just motivated to help people and that's been really inspiring and so I'm just really thankful for that.
3: Yeah, I feel like <laughs> Melissa you always say things so eloquently and well that um I just want to you know do a plus one to that but um I'll say Yeah, just today has been really exciting for us and getting to connect with people, um, you know, in a a completely different time zone. It's your night, our mornings um, is really what I think we started Boom to do and are excited to be continuing doing. So thank you for having us and thank you for sharing the excitement for our podcast. And we're excited to learn more about yours as well.
1: Yeah, fully my pleasure to have you. So thank you, Melissa and Hannah.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Ali.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show, it would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day. At some point I didn't hear. Either of you responding, and then I heard you both talking at the same time. But I, I, I think, listening from you, I think you heard. I, I think you heard normally. But I should have just waited. But yeah.